Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. Does it seem like the world is going mad like never before, perhaps at least in your lifetime? There's something going on globally that's occurring. It seems as if this great reset that the World Economic Forum speaks of and so many Democrats here in the United States speak of and so many communists around the world speak of is, is taking place in many ways, shapes, and forms. But one of the ways in which I'm thinking of it taking shape is via Christian persecution. We've never seen anything quite like this. It's rampant, of course, and has been for some time in China. It's estimated there are 300 million Christians in China. And you can get thrown in prison in China for being a Christian simply by someone from the police, the authorities, giving you a little ticket saying you are going to jail. It could be they're suspecting you of passing along a Bible, suspecting you of discipling someone, suspecting you of speaking about Jesus, again, in some way, shape, or form. doesn't have to be true. It could be completely made up. But they hand you the piece of paper, no judge, no jury, you're off to jail, and then maybe prison. And for how long? Question mark. This is happening in China. But I was speaking with friends in Nigeria where the Christian persecution from Islamic terrorists is taking place on a more regular basis day to day throughout portions of that country like they have never seen before. That's in Nigeria. It's happening throughout many other Muslim parts of the world. This is the day in which we live, and it's coming to the West as well. Here in America, Christians are viewed by those on the left as being intolerant, judgmental. There are many Christians who have refused to take the vaccine for a number of reasons. And now the federal government, Joe Biden's administration, has charged 19 different agencies with going after anyone who has claimed a religious exemption. It's, if, it's as if the federal government has put themselves in the place of being the arbiters of true religion. We've never seen anything like this before. So with all that going on, there is talk within Christian circles about the end of the age, the return of Jesus. We know from the Bible that he is coming again. When? We do not know. So whenever anyone tells you they know the time, they are speaking as a false prophet. Do not believe them. All that said, I am very honored to facilitate a Bible study each weekend, Saturday mornings. It includes men from all over the world. How this thing came about is a long story, so I won't bore you with the, <laughs> with the supernatural details. But the fact of the matter is we have men from every corner of the world joining us on this call. And we've been talking recently about, just like on these podcasts, faith over fear in the new year. But we've been speaking specifically in this Bible study about the end times. I'm going to share you a few thoughts from this Bible study because they've been quite illuminating and I believe quite encouraging. I'm going to take you to Mark chapter 13, New Testament, Gospel of Mark chapter 13. As he, Jesus, was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher! What wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. He was referring to, of course, the temple and its great stones. And some of these stones, which are still in existence at the very foundation 
of the temple. Many of you have been to Israel and you have seen these for yourselves. These stones are immense. There are no cranes available today that could move these stones. That's how large they are. And they're set in place perfectly. So teacher, look, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. Okay, that got their attention. Was he speaking literally or figuratively? And as he was then sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, and some of you have been to that location from the Mount of Olives, you have a beautiful view of where the temple would have been. Peter, James, John, and Andrew were questioning privately, saying, tell us, when will these things come about? What will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? You see, it's in the heart of all of us to know. We want to know, Lord, what are you talking about? What is this going to happen? What's it going to look like? Do you see these great buildings? That's what Jesus said. The temple was one of the great wonders of the world. And again, some of its foundational stones, you can see them today, as I mentioned. They're, they're too large for most of today's construction cranes, if not all of them. And the temple was the center of Jewish life for the better part of a thousand years. And for many, for many, that temple had become a religious idol. Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. Forty years, that's one generation, 40 years after Jesus said this, that temple was destroyed by the Romans. The destruction was so complete that researchers today have difficulty knowing the exact footprint of the building. This was a literal fulfillment to the prophecy which Jesus spoke. And I believe it establishes the tone for the rest of the prophecies in chapter 13. And you could also go to Matthew 24. Uh, literal fulfillment. Literal fulfillment. So what can we expect about other prophecies in the Bible regarding the end times? Are they literal? Are they figurative? Well, the Bible, the, the, the Bible says that the disciples asked Jesus, tell us, when will these things come about? Now, note that Jesus and his disciples were on the Mount of Olives, as I mentioned. Dramatic view of the temple. So their first question, not surprisingly, is about the temple. It's possible they asked this because they knew of the events surrounding the last temple's destruction. I mean, they had learned about that as young, young boys when they went to shul, when they went to a temple, when they went to synagogue and learned about the Old Testament, learned about their Bible, learned about God's word. The former temple was destroyed in the context of national judgment and exile. Hmm. Was Israel about to see judgment and exile? If the temple would be destroyed, then what would become of Israel and the Jews? They were all wondering this. And what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? Again, how do these prophecies presented in Mark 13 and, and Matthew 24 and Luke 21, those are all basically the same stories, affect the way we live today and the way we see the future today? I don't think Jesus was trying to scare his disciples. I think he was trying to prepare. Scare? No. Prepare? Yes. 
Faith over fear is what he was trying to do with his disciples in that year. And it continues to this day. He was calling them to endure. Faith and obedience to endure. Now, you can go through this chapter yourself. It's, it's not apocalyptic. There's no reference to Satan. No drawn out description of final judgment. It's just telling you basically what's going to happen in the future. So I've been talking about this with my men on these Saturday mornings. And you can read a little bit further into Mark. About that day or hour, no one knows, Jesus says, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Watch out, he says, stay alert, for you do not know when the appointed time is. And that's why I just want to remind you, there, there are so many people calling themselves prophets these days. Some of these people are very entertaining. Some of, the, some of these people have huge views on YouTube and other platforms. But watch out. False prophets, beware. If they tell you they know what the appointed time is, turn them off. Don't listen. Jesus spoke of his return repeatedly during his earthly ministry, which again prompted these questions from the disciples. Queries like, tell us, when, when will these things come about? These were regular guys and gals following Jesus, just like you and me. They wanted to know. And again, it's important to remember, and I'm repeating myself here, but I want to make this abundantly clear. It's important to remember in any discussion of the end times that God does not intend, are you ready for this? God does not intend for us to fully understand the timing of his plans. This is not about timing. It's, it's like I oftentimes say about the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis isn't about, isn't about geology. It isn't about uh, climatology. It isn't about astrophysics. Those details are left out. Oh, well, someday we'll have the answer, and it's going to be wondrous. But in the meantime, we don't know, because the book of Genesis isn't a book about science. It's a book about relationship with God. That's what the entire Bible's about, relationship with God. And, and so you could say the same thing. The Bible says Jesus' return is near. We're to await eagerly for it. We know that. But in the meantime, the specifics are left out. Why? Because this is all about being alert. It's being sober. It's drawing near to Jesus. He will provide for us all of our needs according to his riches and his glory, the Bible says. So let's look to see what Jesus says. He says, be ready, be ready. This is what he tells us. He tells us specifically, I'm not going to give you guys all the details. I'm going to tell you this, be ready. Luke 12, 4, Luke chapter 12, verse 40, excuse me, Luke 12, 40. You too, he says, be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour. You do not think he will. He's going to catch us off guard, friends, to some degree, to some measure to some inkling. I don't know. He's going to catch us off guard, but he says, be ready. So what does that mean? It means get to know him better. Get to know your creator better. How do you do that? Well, there's this book. <laughs> there's this book. It's called the Bible. 
uh, it would be great to start reading it. And, and some of you say, well, gosh, it's so deep. I've read some of these books like Hebrews and Romans and my, my eyes just kind of glaze over. Guess what? Mine, mine, mine did as well for many, 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 many years until I had, had the presence of mind to look at some commentaries. If you ever want to know about the book of Hebrews, which seems so deep, uh, I received a book some time ago by Andrew Murray. Uh, called the holiest of all. The holiest of all. It's all about the book of Hebrews, written in the 1800s. Man, it took the blinders off my eyes to Hebrews. There are so many wonderful resources out there. We all we have no excuse. So many wonderful resources. Books written by so many wonderful men and women that will really give you wonderful uh, enlightenment to what the scriptures have to say. So we need to be ready. Know His Word. How else can we be ready? Pray. Pray. You know, Jesus isn't a good luck charm. You just don't rub some beads together or, you know, say a prayer often enough that it's going to happen. No, it's not like that. This is, you're speaking to the creator of the universe. Pray. Pray often. And, and don't just pray for yourself. Me, 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 my, my, my. Worship him. Thank him for his goodness in your life. Thank you for all the times you could have died and you didn't. Thank you for all the times that you could have gotten in this kind of trouble and that kind of trouble, but you didn't. Thank him, praise him, worship him. Pray for your friends. Oh my gosh, I go, I go through the list right now in my own life, all these friends and people I know and people I know of who have cancer. Pray, and then you can get to yourself. Be ready, get to know him better. Number two, be patient, be patient. Well, let me go to the book of James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. It says, you too be patient, number one, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, number two, for the coming of the Lord is near, and do not complain. Those are three things we find in James 5, 7 through 9. I'll read the entire section for you. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. He's coming soon, my friends. So be patient. Be patient about his coming. In the meantime, strengthen your hearts. Again, how do we strengthen your hearts? That's, that's part of being ready. How do you find strength? I find strength through reading God's word and applying it to my wife, my life. I find strength through prayer. I find strength through my wife. The two are one flesh. We complement each other extremely well. I find strength through, through selected friends that I know who will tell me what's up. They're not going to give me some dog and pony show regarding my life. They will tell me what's up. I find strength through the many wonderful teachers out there who are preaching God's word, through books written about God's word. We need to strengthen our hearts, my friend. Especially for those of you who have broken hearts. Especially for those of you who are troubled, who are worried, who are anxious, depressed. You need a dose of the Holy Ghost. You need God's word. Do not complain. Do not complain. We can't be people who are... In, in Yiddish, we say it like this, kvetch. Stop kvetching. Stop your kvetching. Stop complaining against one another. Stop complaining about yourself. Stop it. 
just there is no place for that kind of thing. But again, he is coming back. So you ready for another one? Be alert and be sober. Be alert and be sober. Let me read this passage. This is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 through 11. It's lengthy, but do you mind? Can we do this on the Brian Sussman Show? Let's give it a shot. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, look, nobody knows the time, friends. While they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman. They will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that the day would overtake you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. So in other words, friends, when this, when this moment occurs, when the Lord returns, it's not going to overtake us like a thief. What would a thief do? The thief's going to try to knock you out. The thief's going to try to kill you. It's not going to be like that. It's going to happen. And you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is awesome. We are not of night nor darkness, so let's not sleep as others do, but let's be alert and sober. You know, a lot of Christians, this whole idea of Maranatha, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. That's the, the Greek. Lord, Lord, come soon. Lord, come quickly. Lord, come back. Uh, a lot of Christians aren't really interested in that because it's like, I'm, I'm good right now. I'm, I'm really good. I got my job. I got my pension. I got my 401k. I got my house. I got my car. I got. He's coming back, friends. All that stuff. I mean, quite frankly, it's going to burn. It's just, it's not. It's not a, and, and anything you do have, I love it the way a friend of mine who's a very high net worth individual who, but who loves the Lord says, hey, brother, this is all on lease. Okay. I got all this stuff. It's all on lease. I'm going to have to give it back someday. <laughs> It continues, listen to this, be alert and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let's be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, you ready for this? Therefore. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. Here we go. Encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You know, if you look at the, the tagline for this podcast, it says Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom, Encouraging and Equipping. I want to equip my brothers and sisters in the Lord. I want to encourage them. I want to encourage all of you. Even those of you who are not yet Christians, I want to encourage you to let you know there is hope. There is hope. So we're alert. We're sober. And, and by the way, something one of the guys in my Saturday group said, I just wrote this down in my notes here. The fear of man is based on selfishness. The fear of the Lord is based on love. If you are a person who fears what people think of you, and you want to be perfect and you want to do things right all the time in such a way that it's legalistic. That's selfishness. The, the Lord wants to cure you of that. It's bondage. 
The perfectionist is wrapped up in fear, fear of man, fear of what people will think. It's selfishness. Now, listen, I want to do everything right. And if possible, I want to do things perfect. There's no question about that. I don't want to be sloppy. But at the same time, when it, when that kind of perfection rules us, something's a little off kilter and the Lord can take care of that. And the fear of the Lord, see a lot of people who are not believers say, oh, you Christians, this fear of the Lord, you fear God. No, 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 no. Our fear of the Lord is based on love. We love him. We love him. We love him. And we thank him for his grace. We know he's a judge. There's no question about that. But we thank him that we have escaped judgment through the blood of his son who lived a perfect life, died, rose from the grave, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. That is his immeasurable grace. Thank you, Jesus. Well, okay, so listen, when they tell you these are the end times, believe them. They are the end times. The end times began when... When, when Jesus rose from the grave and ascended to heaven, that, this is the last era. These are the, these are the end of days. And do I think we're getting to the end of the end of the days? I think so, personally. But I'm being alert, and I'm being sober, and I'm not putting any marks in my calendar as to say that's when he's coming back. I'm just ready. It could be, it could be later today. I'm ready. I am ready. I don't have all the answers, but you know what? I want to live a life that's ready, and I'm encouraging you to do the same. God bless you, my friends. Brian Sussman Show. More on me at briansussmanshow.com. Excuse me, more on me at briansussman.com. If you liked this podcast, please make sure you share it with other people. My reach is so limited because I've been so um, censored by the various platforms. So be my ambassador, please. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.